run a thousand planets and spreading out. Bay doors, hell. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll begin the show with some genre-related news. SpaceX's Crew-5 astronaut mission for NASA departed the International Space Station early this morning after more than five months in space. Departure from the ISS had been delayed twice due to weather concerns. The deorbit burn kicking off splashdown will occur at 8.11 p.m. tonight, with splashdown expected to occur around 9.02 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. NASA coverage of Crew-5's return home will resume at 8, and you can follow it via NASA's live stream page, a link to which may be found on one of the FF social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. John Bernthal has been cast to reprise his role as the Punisher in Marvel Studios' upcoming Daredevil Born Again. He joins Netflix Daredevil alums Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio in the series, which starts shooting later this month in New York. Boy, would I love to work on that. Cox and D'Onofrio have already appeared in Marvel productions as their Netflix-established characters. Cox in Marvel's She-Hulk Attorney at Law limited series and Spider-Man No Way Home. And D'Onofrio in the limited series Hawkeye. Cox and D'Onofrio are also set to be prominently featured in Marvel Studios' Echo limited series, which is currently slated for a December 2023 premiere on Disney+. Daredevil Born Again will be longer than most Disney Plus Marvel series and is expected to consist of up to 18 episodes. The show is currently scheduled for debut sometime in 2024. Earlier this week, Variety reported that producer Karen McCarthy has filed a wrongful termination suit against Lucasfilm. This after McCarthy was fired from Disney Plus series Star Wars The Acolyte after having worked on the project for several weeks. McCarthy claims that her commitment to The Acolyte prevented her from accepting a lucrative job on another series, an opportunity which was no longer available after her termination. According to a complaint obtained by Variety, and I quote, as a result of its bad faith and wrongful termination, defendants deprived Ms. McCarthy significant employment from which she would have earned millions of dollars over the life of the series. Ms. McCarthy is therefore forced to bring this action to hold Lucasfilm accountable for its egregious breach of their agreement, its bad faith denial of that agreement, and for the statutory penalties McCarthy is entitled for its failure to pay her for her work." Unquote. McCarthy is also demanded to receive executive producer credit on The Acolyte. 
According to Variety, Lucasfilm had no comment. Batman Cape Crusader has been picked up by, the Am by Amazon after having been canceled at HBO Max. The animated series received a two-season order from the streaming service. The show is described as, and I quote, a reimagining of the Batman mythology through the visionary lens, unquote, of executive producers J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Timm. The cartoon had been dumped by HBO Max last summer, along with five other shows. Batman Cape Crusader will build on Batman the Animated Series, which was co-created by Tim and aired on Fox Kids from 1992 through 95. The show's logline reads as follows, Utilizing state-of-the-art animation techniques, this powerful creative partnership will once again reinvent Batman and his iconic rogues gallery with sophisticated storytelling, nuanced characters, and intense action sequences all set in a visually striking world. Hmm, sounds interesting. Beginning later this month, National Museum of African American History and Culture will display a new exhibit highlighting and exploring the concept of Afrofuturism. Coined in 1994 by author and cultural critic Mark Derry, Afrofuturism is a term used to define the aesthetic juxtaposition of African American culture and science fiction, centering history and futuristic elements of expression like art and music. It is an evolving concept expressed through a black cultural lens that reimagines, reinterprets, and reclaims the past and present for a more empowering future. Curator Kevin Strait said in a statement from the museum, This ex exhibition is a way to look at how Afrofuturism has been practiced throughout history and across the diaspora and the ways it is expressed historically and in the present through art, literature, and activism. We hope that visitors learn more about this topic by seeing the various ways that Afrofuturism connects with and influences our popular culture to gain a broader understanding of Afrofuturism, not simply as a subgenre of science fiction and fantasy, but as a part of a larger tradition of black intellectual history. Afrofuturism, A History of Black Futures, opens Friday, March 24th. Some anniversaries this week, as Wiz Comics No. 2, featuring the first appearance of the original Captain Marvel, better known today as Shazam, went on sale 83 years ago on March 10, 1940. And Fritz Lang's German expressionist science fiction silent classic film, Metropolis, opened in theaters 96 years ago on March 13, 1927. And we're saddened to learn of the passing of Bert I. Gordon. The American filmmaker and visual effects artist was best known to genre audiences for having directed such classics as War of the Colossal Beast, Empire of the Ants, and Food of the Gods, among many others. He was 100 years old. Today, we're talking about some of these news items and more. Joining me are Shireen Nicole, Drew Bittner, and courtesy of the Great Geek Refuge, Mike Lunsford. Everybody, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Always well, a pleasure. The pleasure is entirely mine. 
and uh, I got to tell you, uh, you know, it, it's just um, <laughs> always, always very exciting to be here, and with so much going on, and it, it's, it's just, it, we're living in this exciting golden age of geeks, and uh, I almost don't know how to behave. It's really something. But, uh, you know, happy to welcome back uh, Mike and Drew, neither of whom has been on the show for a minute. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and, and let me tell you, it's, it's nothing personal to either of you. I didn't do any <laughs> new shows in January. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of sporadic since then. So, you know, it certainly is not that you all are not desired and welcome. <laughs> and uh, Drew, I see you're wearing a Captain Marvel Jr. I am. shirt, and, yes. you know, which is kind of appropriate given that uh, Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, I mean, I guess so many people call him Shazam, but, you know, it had, Captain had his, Marvel. Yeah, you know, well, DC's thank you. Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but since we had that anniversary, which was yeah. yesterday, you know? Yeah, and the movie comes out this coming Friday. Right? Yes, it does. You know, and I'm, in fact, I'm glad you reminded me of that because, Shireen, have you seen anything about a screening for this movie? I have. Really? Okay. Well, that means <laughs> I'm going to have to call somebody because <laughs> no, I, somehow I had lost access to my email and I just got it back today and I looked and I didn't see anything. And I'm like, this movie opens next week. So yeah. there's got to be like a screening coming up like this like, week. Like Monday or Tuesday. And, yeah, sure. that's what I'm thinking, you yeah. know? There is. Ah, well, there you go. You can you can probably tell him that like once we're off the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to be calling. I'm going to be calling, no doubt. Hey, so uh, you know, like I said, a lot of stuff going on this week. And even though I always prefer to have, uh, you know, some interesting kind of subject that we talk about, uh, you know, I, 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 the way things developed, and especially given there was so much going on, I just thought we'd talk a little bit about some of these news items. You know? I mean, and uh, and and actually, there were a couple of other things too. But um, I, I note that this um, Batman Cape Crusader that had been canceled on HBO Max in yeah. David Zaslav's slash and burn, you know, yeah. has yeah, been it wasn't even canceled. It was like it was just like taken off the schedule. It didn't even get to cancel point. It was yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and it takes so long for these animated things to get really rolling that a lot of it must have been done or nearly done when they pulled the plug. Rube Baker is on the writing team. I think he, oh, he was heading that. up the writing team nice. for, for Bruce Tim and, nice. and for, of course, Matt Reeve mm-hmm. and Reeves and J.J. Uh, Abrams. So. Yeah. Well, it, cool. it should be an exciting series. Amazon has done well with their animation. Of course, Warner Brothers always does well with their animation. So yeah. the combo platter should be nice. Well, Although I mean, it may be done. Who, what do we know? Maybe it was canceled. It's not a surprise to me that it was moved over to Amazon because um, HBO Max is just shedding shows. They're selling off a lot of stuff to other streamers because the company needs money. Yeah. And when, well, they they, they got, got debt. Giant debt. Yeah, they, thank they're you. trying to cover all that discovery debt. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of money. Yes, so. a fifty-one billion dollars is what yeah. I understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes one wonder why they did the deal in the first place. Apparently, other networks were taking a look at it. And uh, like oh. Netflix and a oh, few others, and it so ended one of up those, at Amazon. If we don't buy it, they'll buy it. Well, Prime Video, I mean, well, Amazon, not Prime Video, they make like $800 million a day. They're fine. They're yeah. like, we'll pay for this in two hours. That's, that's you know, 
Oh, I didn't mean to imply that I was concerned about their dead. <laughs> I, I, was, I was not speaking to well, but Warner I mean, Brothers it, dead. I was speaking to Amazon being probably the highest bidder. Oh, but yes, it, but it, yes. but it also it also joined some really good Amazon programming like The Boys and Invincible and other things. So well, I wouldn't say The Boys is yeah. I don't good like Amazon either. programming, but I, 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 I understand like the either, point you're Devon making. Devon loves it, and you like it a lot, right? I do. Yeah. 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 But I personally am like, I'll wait for the authority. And I, you know, I read The Boys. And that'll come out on Amazon, but, And I love <laughs> the Invincible. Was Invincible is outstanding. Mm. You know, Vox Machina Season 2, another Amazon animated property, is mm. strong. So, you know, Amazon is building something really nice. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, as you point out, it seems like Warner might have made that acquisition to keep Amazon from being able to make the acquisition. No, mm. no, they sold it to them. Oh, Amazon sold it to them. No, Warner Brothers Warner sold, sold it to, it to They Amazon. licensed it to Amazon. Yeah. No, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm talking about Discovery. Oh, you're talking about Discovery. Um yes. I don't know about that one. but I'm sorry, I thought you know, that's what you were saying. No, I was not. Oh. But I was just saying they, Never mind. they, they do well with mm -hmm. their animated properties. But, mm -hmm. of course, you know, Warner Brothers makes money here. They make it for... They make it for Amazon, so it mm -hmm. stays in-house. It has the same quality as what we're used to from Warner Brothers Animation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then I think they also get paid licensing fees. And it, I don't think it goes back to those old deals where, like, <laughs> like with Sony and, and Spider-Man, where they just keep making Spider-Man to hold on to it, you know. Yeah, really. Or, like, you know, mm -hmm. Watchmen and poor Alan Moore and DC. You know, I heard something last week and it's very interesting i'm hoping one of you all somebody can confirm it but so warren Beatty, yes from when he made dick tracy <laughs> yes oh all right mike you've heard about this i just started laughing because i watched the thing <laughs> tell, tell, well, well shoot tell us about it then man so warren Beatty, when this is what 90 was it 90 or 91 that the first uh well, i say the first like there's more than one um the dick tracy movie that um was related to Disney that was a Disney property right came out yeah um, Warren Beatty had um, basically bought the rights to Dick Tracy but it's it's a convoluted thing that go that, that happened with it where it's much like with um, like what you see with the Fantastic Four uh, and Universal's deal um, where they have to make um, a movie every so often yes. or basically yeah it, it falls away so what he does is is like Every couple of years, he'll do like a special and dress up like Dick Tracy. And this is what he just did recently. Like, it, like all eighty something years old of Warren Beatty dressed up like Dick Tracy. Like, hey, take a look at me in my yellow hat and jacket. It's it was absurd, but he's doing it because he's protecting it, basically. Yeah. So like, wow. Yeah. The whole the whole thing is 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 crazy. But I mean, like a lot of these older characters that have been around for a while are in that weird, like public domain slash but they're not public domain superman's in the same boat mickey mouse is running into the same problems like th there's the the whole legal battle between these characters is, is kind of fascinating if that's what you're into mm -hmm. he's, he's 85 yeah well and the other thing is somehow because he wanted to make another dick tracy movie but yeah. even though he owns the rights somehow he is being blocked from actually making a sequel and I'm I'm unclear on the details of that. You know, maybe somebody can uh, you know help me out with that. Oh, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA ninety six point seven FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. 
We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford, Shireen Nicole, and Drew Bittner. And we were just talking a little bit of, well, we started talking about the fact that Batman Cape Crusader has been uh, resurrected, I guess you could say, over at um, Amazon? Prime Video. Prime Prime Video. Video. Okay, yes. And uh, after having been, um, uh, yes, well, revived, resuscitated from HBO Max, where uh, it was a victim of uh, David Zaslav's, um, uh, I don't know, hatchet job. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And I, I for one, am really excited about this, because when I found out that this was supposed to be essentially a continuation of Batman the Animated Series, which I really, really loved. In fact, about the only thing that I can say that I like more than Batman the Animated Series is the Japanese anime Speed Racer. Mm. And, uh, you know, which, you know, and, and, and every, I mean, Superman the Animated Series, just as, well, okay, maybe... Justice League and then Superman the Animated Series. It's close, close in terms of all of that. But um, you know, the, this this Batman the Animated Series was one that probably. It's well, it's certainly among the best animated work that I have ever seen, and certainly what is closest to the presentation of what is in the comics for this particular character. So all that to say, I'm just really excited. I've never met anybody who didn't like it. Yeah, and if they mm-hmm. did, there was something wrong about them. <laughs> one of those, one of those telltale signs. They're like, oh, I didn't like the animated series. Okay, cool. And then their refrigerator was people. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Batman show? What's Batman? Yeah, oh. yeah you know. Yeah, you know? I gotta go. You know, <laughs> you know. I was talking to somebody earlier this week who's never seen Star Trek. Wow. Yes. Can you wow. imagine? I was shocked. I mean, shocked, I tell you. I mean, I, I can. I mean, it's possible to avoid almost anything in life, I, but still. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's difficult to imagine certain things being completely avoided for one's life just because they're so prevalent in the culture. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and this person was familiar with, you know, the the uh, iconic cultural nature. I mean, you know, if you say Mr. Spock or Captain Kirk or beam me up Scotty, there was some yeah, familiarity, sure. but simply has never actually seen an episode of the show you know i mean it's like you know they're, they're I, mean, I could i could see that like and, and that's coming from somebody who dearly loves star trek like it's not for everyone and like i i get what you're saying it is a, a a cultural icon but at the same time like my wife's a perfect example she's like i can't watch an episode immediately like i fall asleep and i was like Fair enough. It's not for you. That's okay. And I, th- I think part of it is if you if you're not exposed to it at the right time in your life, then you just never pick mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there, there are a lot of well, people I, who I, don't. I'm, like I'm not indicting fiction. anybody. No, no look, I, and I'm not, and I, and I don't think it was a situation where this person didn't like it or was like, I don't want to watch it or anything. It's just hasn't been exposed it. to it. Yeah. Oh, know. no, I'm not. not but no, it. just mm-hmm. it's interesting because there are some people who just don't like fiction and they don't mm-hmm. yeah. engage with it in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, heck, my my dear mother, God bless her, ninety four years old. She doesn't. She couldn't. She couldn't read comic books even as a child. Said it made her sick. She started reading Alice in Wonderland as a child. Made her sick. Yeah. You know, I mean, the 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 
fantastical elements. You know, I mean, I guess it's too fantastical for her. It was the, she said it was the colors, though, about mm. the comic. Yeah. You know, so it's like, hey, you know. Yeah, those old four-color comics were just too vivid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike, what they were you saying? No, I was just going to say that's interesting because one of the one of the things I, was, I mentioned to my wife earlier, one of the reasons why she can't watch Star Trek is, like, anything to do with space on a TV or movie screen makes her physically ill. Really? And, like, that's part of it, yeah. She's like, Ew, wow. no, I can't watch this. And I was like, okay. Wow. No, I know a person who And you married her anyway. Who could <laughs> you're gonna be. I'll, don't worry, oh, let me tell don't you worry, Mike. Sandy's I'll take great. Care of it. Sandy's great. I pre- I Sandy's great. <laughs> I'll take care of it. But yeah. um I know a person who has a hard time watching Gravity, the movie. Yeah. Because it feels like open space and it bothers her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it causes some people some anxiety. Like yes. I, yeah. hmm Well, you know, I, I honestly okay, so and I remember thinking about this because the day of the Challenger disaster, uh, you know, space travel had become so commonplace, it seemed. If somebody had come to me the morning of the Challenger disaster and said, hey, Yuli, you want to go into space on the Challenger? I'd have been like, yeah, I'm there. And I'd have got blown up with the rest of those people. You know, it's like, but since yeah, but then. Yeah, yes. Kids mm-hmm. our age, Yuli, I was in elementary school and watched that happen. And yeah. remember children screaming yeah. in horror. Yeah. Like that was that was a really traumatic event yeah. for a lot of kids yeah. because we were around our, our teachers were crying. Yeah, well Krista like, McAuliffe was supposed to do a lesson from outer space. It was like yeah. Yeah, it was not the lesson that was planned, unfortunately. Indeed. hmm You know. So yeah, anyway, but my point is that I would have I mean, I would have gladly gone into space that morning and died with the rest of them. I mean, let me tell you something. If somebody came to me today, it's like, hey, Yuli, you want to go into space? I'm like, eh, I'm good. I'm good. And I feel like there are a few who love this genre as much as I. But the the state of our technology in terms of being able to do this, I mean, I don't know that I want to ride uh, on the top of a bunch of burning fuel to send me into a vacuum that is hostile to me and that even where staying there, I mean, you go, you know, to do a little stint on the International Space Station, as I've been reminded, you know, a weightless environment is harmful to the human body. Mm-hmm. You know, your muscles will atrophy you will without lose gravity. Dysentery. Yeah, that too. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, this is this is no picnic. You know, I mean, uh, space exploration, and they call it space exploration. It ain't even really space exploration, what we're doing. Not right now. But yeah, you know, but going into into orbit, you know, I mean, it demands a lot. It does. It is is not easy. And it's, it's a hostile environment. And we don't really appreciate that. We don't factor that into our science fiction. We just kind of assume that, oh, you know, we'll be... Bopping around like it's a ship, <laughs> you know, bopping around other planets and breathable air, eatable food. Well, you know, that actually begs a question, and I'm going to ask each of you, and I'm going to actually answer my own question before I ask you all, but uh, because uh, in terms of what the future of human space exploration looks like, I mean, optimally, I got to say, the expanse is probably as good as it's going to get for us, is what I'm thinking, you know. What do you all think? 
I mean, the the Expanse, they worked really hard. The team of S.A. Corey worked really hard to make it accurate as far as how space works, how the, your, you know, how the Belters' bodies would change. Yeah. How the Martians, you know. That's what I'm talking they about. They worked very hard on that. And even, you know, the pain that Naomi goes through to get herself prepared to visit Earth. Oh, yeah, because they got the process that you can take to do. Yeah, and that was, was something, you know. horrifying, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So mm-hmm. I do think that that feels very accurate to mm. what it would be like in the way that human evolution would take place and that you can't just be traipsing to all these different worlds and popping on the planet and not having your body physically react you know sure. um, you know but so yeah I could see the expanse being accurate anything more accurate than the expanse would just not be fun to watch mm. Mm. well I wasn't trying to convince you and, and I, I was afraid somebody else would say it if I didn't so I'm like oh I think it's the expanse I I, but, yeah. I, I remain unconvinced if that is what you were okay alright well you know I mean <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to get started on time travel with you today well you know time travel is an interesting and complex proposition there are many different theories on time travel depending on whether you want to fold or you want to drill a wormhole, right? There's also multiple quantum reality theory. And then we've got to deal with what would happen if there was a paradox. And would a paradox be possible? Because you are not the same person. The person that you are 10 years from now doesn't even have the same cellular structure Mm. as the person you were at, you know, 10 years ago. And therefore, would it be a paradox and only could it be a paradox if it was of your consciousness. So, yes, you should not get into time travel with me today. The Vulcan Science Directorate has determined that time travel is impossible. <laughs> that was a, a series that also said that mouthless gerbils could procreate. <laughs> only, because, only because they're born pregnant. Uh-huh. Born pregnant. And you're talking to me about what the Vulcan Science Officer said. I um yeah. Vulcan Science hmm. Directorate. Oh, the Directorate. Yes. Yes. We, so we that's had, we had yeah well. we had some some an institution behind this. Ooh, and we know yeah. institutions don't I get think, nothing uh, wrong. Okay, yes. you want, want to hear where I come from? Yes. yes. I had a conversation with about this. With wait, wait, wait. Is this what is like yeah, is most likely to yeah. be? Okay, all right. The topic. Yes. Um, short term, it'll be a process of adaptation through the consequence of living in these places and mm-hmm. living in low gravity or zero gravity or what have you. It'll be just nature taking its course on the human body and, and forcing the, the body to adapt or to not adapt. Down the road, um, as our technology improves, hopefully, in terms of both genetic engineering and artificial intelligence, we could easily send out ships to likely, you know, Goldilocks belt planets and send out, you know, ships equipped with the genetic feedstock or, or you know, feedstock of humanity and animals and plants and so on and see if we can create or construct a colony on a planet and adapt the, the DNA to survive in that environment make them predisposed towards surviving from the time that they land. Yeah. Okay, so, so so no particular bit of fiction today, but that's how it would work. That's how I, that's how I think it would work. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean it's a it's a multi-million year process yes. perhaps. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, we'll assuming we survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. What about We're too you? Too stupid for space. I'm I just gonna yeah, say it. Uh, literally, that's true. <laughs> you stole my exact point. Oh, like, I'm sorry, was, Mike. Oh, you didn't. Well, stealing is the wrong word. You echoed my sentiment. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, no. There, we we can't even get out of our own way on this planet. Like we we know that certain things are causing massive destruction and damage to our planet, and what do we continue to do? Do it anyways, because yeah, we can make money. So like. Yeah, unless we can start realizing these concepts of like humanity comes together to to solve our differences and, and, and explore the cosmos, that ain't gonna happen, man. Because we're we're still fighting over whether or not somebody who told you on television, hey, I'm lying to you. If we should watch them and trust them as a news source, we can't even agree <laughs> on that. Well, I'm just well, think, they I'm told just... me they're lying, so it's okay. I can trust them. Like, <laughs> I'm just thinking that there's gonna be two old guys. In a in an oasis somewhere, beating each other to death because they can sell the water rights, and that'll they'll the last oasis on Earth mm. because they can sell the water rights mm. Mm. to the other one. Maybe yeah. we ah. don't deserve. Maybe we don't deserve yeah. space travel. Is what is what I'm saying here. Like, well, I mean, I I don't know if we're going to get there or not. I mean, it's it's an open question. Where there's there's a scientific consensus that there may be such a thing as a technological survival bottleneck that all advanced civilizations run into, that they have, they outstrip their resources and ability to survive their planet faster than they can develop the technology to leave their planet. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're not being visited by anybody out there, that and vast amounts of different distance. You know, that's actually... Are you familiar with Mm. the Kardashev scale? Mm? Yeah. So that's, that's... To yeah. your point, yeah. you know, how good are we at harnessing, harnessing potential energy, yeah. which would allow us to save our world or travel to others? That's actually very comforting to me because I, I, would, I would hate to think that among intelligent civilizations, we are the only one that is completely self-destructive. I mean, if that was something that was a natural consequence of uh, the, the growth and development of uh, yeah, I see you screwed up your face, Cherie. It's like yeah, right, it's one of those misery loves company. Yeah, you're like I'm so <laughs> glad all of these previous civilizations have destroyed themselves well, mean, like we it, were. It, we're in the company it, it of mean, billions of failed civilizations. It means right. we're not. Hey, but you know, it means we're not alone. And if somehow we overcome this thing, then you know maybe we're as special as we want to believe. Intergalactic misery loves company. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd rather it wasn't the case, but. You know, I mean, Drew makes a very compelling point. I mean, unless we're talking about something that is akin to um, uh, Day the Earth Stood Still, you mm. know, where, um, you know, we, we, we will be visited by some intelligent civilization and they're going to warn us, hey, don't bring that nonsense out here. <laughs> it's like we, we don't want no part of your foolishness, humans. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, hey. Uh, but uh, and then we'll bring it out anyways. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's, there's Some a whole, idiot. There's a whole like Reddit thread about it that where you're talking about the Vulcan Science Directorate has deemed uh, time travel impossible, and it's the they call the United Federation of Planets um, the United Federation of uh, Watch Me Hold My Beer. Oh damn! Wait, wait, wait. Humans well, are like, wait, we can't do it. Hang on, I'm going to take two warp cores in time together. Why? I don't know. Let's we'll see what happens. See what Mike, Mike, hold that thought just, just a second. Just those things right out there. Hold that thought just a second, because that musical cue 
means it's time for us to take a short break because Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you to continue to bring you the quality programming that you have come to expect and enjoy from WERA. Visit the website at WERA.FM. Find out today how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community radio, community media. Did I mention it's tax-deductible? Anyway, look, you can visit our website or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org. But in the meantime, uh, Drew and Shireen and Mike and I are going to take a pause. I need to get something to drink, but we'll be right back right after these messages. Don't go away. Don't you hate it when that happens? Welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. Radio Arlington, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole, Drew Bittner, and Mike Lunsford. And when we took the break, uh, we had sort of gone down the rabbit hole we were talking about uh, the extinction of human life. (laughs) (laughs) And other cheery subjects. (laughs) Yes, indeed. You know, that's one of those, how in the heck about that? So um, I'm going to ask somebody to consult there. Are you consulting your magic device? Um, I can. Okay. Why why was there no decrease? Yes. I'm, 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 oh. Yeah, I actually pulled up the, I pulled up the page. Oh, so you know why? Because I had been reading about it, and I was like, and then you brought it up, and I'm like, oh, no, let me see if I can find the page I was looking at. So, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby had more than just middling reviews and a solid franchise to worry about. He purchased the rights to Dick Tracy in 1985, but soon, oh, and this is via Collider.com, um, but soon ran into opposition from previous owners, Tribune Media Services. Baby won the first lawsuit claiming the Tribune was making it commercially impossible for him to produce, produce a sequel. In 2005, Beatty sued Tribune right as they were developing a new Dick Tracy series. Both parties believed that the case would only take a few months, but it wound up dragging into 2009 as Tribune eventually went bankrupt. The court would eventually rule in favor of Beattie, which is why the TCM special comes in. As per the original agreement between Beattie and the Tribune, he was allowed to hold on to Dick Tracy rights as long as he produced some form of television or film project featuring the fictional detective. Thanks to his filming of the TCM special, Beatty technically held up his end of the bargain, and he did so again with the most recent special, ensuring that the rights may stay with him for long as he lives. In the end, beating is just another example of how Byzantine copyright laws can be, which is 100% accurate. It just keeps getting caught in legal red tape every single time they try to do something with it. Oh. Mm. Wow. Oh, do figure. Well, that sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, does it, though? Because, like, the movie, I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but I was also, like, all of, like, nine years old when it came out. So, I, I mean, it's, I haven't watched it in forever. I don't know. Does it even hold up at this point? You know something? I haven't wh- seen it in, since it came out. You know, yeah. the, the one thing that I can say for Dick Tracy is that that movie is a faithful adaptation to those comics. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, and it's funny, and I'll tell you what, I I mean, just, you know, not to name drop here, but um, Gina Jeppy is the one who said something to me about that, because we were having a conversation once, uh, you know, of the the Baltimore Jeppies, and we were (laughs) having that conversation about uh, faithful uh, comic book adaptations, 
and uh, and that was the one she dropped and i was like you know what gina i can't come up with anything that is more faithful <laughs> it's, it's it's about as line for line note for note as you get as you can get and um the performances were good i mean they had really good performances they got a good performance out of madonna you know yeah, dustin yeah. hoffman and all these guys that were playing characters that are you know, this is kind of the prototype of a lot of rogues galleries. They're, they are ugly. They are the embodiment of crime doesn't pay because mm-hmm. they are all twisted by their criminal enterprises. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's that's the template for a lot of stuff we see today. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, as an aside, Chester Gould evidently had a lot of thoughts about physical uh, deformity and its yeah. impact on criminal behavior. Yeah, he was he was quite a believer in that whole uh, you know school of thought. Looked like yes. he believed in phrenology too, because these head shapes are yeah, <laughs> yeah, frightening. They're just deformed. Yeah, well, yeah. And whereas we, Tracy is like you know just all angles, yeah, <laughs> square, square jawed, jawed as they come. Yeah, you know. Well, and we d- we did a show on that a couple of years ago in terms of uh, you know disfigurement and uh, you know its I impact wonder, on criminal behavior. They could maybe do. I mean, it would be a really weird sequel, but like they could if they use the kid because if you remember the kid. Ends up getting adopted by Dick. And, yeah, Dick and Tracy has, Jr. Yeah, yeah Charlie Dick Tracy Corsmo. Jr. There you go. I mean, like let's 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 dust off his career, take, get him out of retirement, see if he wants to come back as Dick Tracy. Unfortunately, Glenn Headley's gone. Mm. Um, he played Tess Trueheart. So oh, that's right. yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, of course, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But you know, as long as BD owns the right, because I, I imagine he would uh, doggy, doggedly. Uh, be determined to play the lead. I don't think know? so. Uh, he would. He would be in there somewhere. He'd be oh, in there no somewhere, question. but I don't Definitely. think he would. Yeah, still want to play Dick. He, he'd be. He, he'd be police commissioner Richard Tracy Senior. Something you know. like I, I. You know. But see, all right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they're going to have a Dick Tracy, it was if if there's to be a Dick Tracy movie, and I, I, it, despite the fact that I'm speaking rather forcefully about this, I mean because I remember Dick Tracy fondly from the Sunday. Funnies, yeah, but um, I, I and I kind of liked Dick Tracy. I wasn't, you know, I mean, I, if if I was really that big a Dick Tracy fan, I'd have an Apple Watch now, which I don't. But again, I I, I was you know very enamored with the character at the time. But um, all that to say that what I what I would want to see if they were going to have a Dick Tracy movie would be a Dick Tracy movie as opposed to what you get sometimes like the Samuel L Jackson so-called Shaft okay which was not actually Shaft the name of that movie should have been Shaft's nephew yeah. You know, I mean, so don't give me Shaft's nephew. Don't give me Dick Tracy's kid. I don't want to see Junior Tracy. It's I want to see Dick Tracy. Please, that booty. That's like the Shaft's blood relation. <laughs> yeah, and then and then on top of everything, Shaft was a cop. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Not but John he, Shaft. But he threw his badge and it lodged in that. And that judges, you know, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. The real Shaft. He ain't no cop. <laughs> well, and Richard Roundtree was there, so, you know. Well, yeah, but again, yeah. you know, a Shaft's nephew. Yeah. You had the real Shaft. Exactly. Hey, Uncle John. <laughs> Whatever. It's like... <sighs> yes, anyway. So... Be that as it may. <laughs> yes, moving right along. <laughs> Something I, I really did want to mention, though, uh, it, it, with John Bernthal being cast in yeah. this Daredevil Born Again yeah. at 18 episodes? Yeah. What in the hell? They don't know 
got to do nothing. This is going to be awful. I mean, no, they can barely no. do not. 10 episodes. No, it's Eight not. episodes. No, I think, 18? I think it's going to be. It is born again. I think it's going to be the. the, the oh, yeah, because they, the th- they got the comics yeah, to draw from. Born but again. Daredevil wasn't in that. But I think it's going to be the life, basically the life and death of Daredevil. Mm. You know, the, the, the rise and fall of Daredevil, and, you know, we'll, we may see him finished as a character by the end of that 18 episodes. That's a lot of time that's to give to a lot of time. Don't forget Andor. Oh, sorry, Drew. I was going to say, that's, that's basically as much time as more time than Robert Downey Jr. had as Iron Man. You think about it. You know, it's, when it's, you it's add a, it it's up. A lot, it's a lot more. When you add it up, no yeah. doubt. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they did Andor. Andor is longer than the Disney series have been. Mm-hmm. Recently, I think they have a lot How of material. How many episodes of Andor? I thought that was like ten episodes. I think so. Yeah. Twelve. Yeah. But, it, but it's the, the season is twenty. It's just in two parts. That's mm. what they said. Well, yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm smiling because well, originally, yeah, if, if it's all one season, where's the rest of my show? Originally, they I said, want one season to be all in one well, season. Listen. Originally, they said that it was going to be five seasons. Um, each year of Andor going up to Rogue, Rogue One, One yeah. then and then they the change two. their minds. Yeah. So yeah, so it's only going to be two. I think probably you know? because Diego Luna said, "No way, I'm doing <laughs> this for like five years." <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. well, he doesn't need the money, you know, and he's an executive producer. Yeah, you know, on top of that, you know, and it's funny because Rogue One was on the other day, and I was watching it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." I mean, knowing what happens, I mean, you know, <laughs> another title for this movie could have been Suicide Mission. You know, it's like so just watching that. But but uh, again, Daredevil: Born Again. So um, yeah, Punisher wasn't in that. You know, well, I mean, as good a story as it was, you know, and no, I appreciate they're definitely flipping it. Yeah. I mean, but it's just like what DC's doing with the Flash. It's not Flashpoint, but it is Flashpoint. Yeah, you know, it's it's, well, it's, taking, it's, it's a remixing. It's taking, taking an idea and applying it in a, in a different way yeah. to get a different result. But we all know that Flash is going to restart the DC universe. Yeah. And you know, it'll it'll go from there, and we'll see a brand new DC universe starting as of the end of the Flash. Yeah, mm-hmm. other than the Elseworlds so. stories, and there'll be bits and pieces that'll that'll continue, like Peacemaker will continue, and you know stuff like that. You've got your but, the Matt Reeves Batman, which is outside of that. Yeah, but yeah. the but the real start of the DC universe, the new DC universe, is going to be Superman Legacy, that the gun movie that's that's in work, the works right now. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But I like that they made room for Elseworld stories so that you have your, you know, your big central plot, but you also can do other things. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting that um, fables may be adapted. Oh, really? Yeah. Bill Winningham will be very happy about that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Because he hated Once Upon a Time. That got him well, riled up. Well, it should have. They basically stole his story. <laughs> he was mad. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see an awful lot of stuff from D.C., Maybe in a more integrated way than Marvel's done it, because Marvel's sort of grown organically, and that comes with a certain amount of hits and misses, and trial and error, and there has been some error. So y'all just don't want to talk about Daredevil Born Again, huh? <laughs> I mean, we are well, talking about Daredevil Born Again, well, but we, we're don't, really, well, we don't know anything. That's, that's, know. Kind of the, that's kind of the thing. It's like yeah. we, know that, we know that, you know, Charlie Cox is going to be Daredevil, we yeah. know that Vincent D'Onofrio will be back as Kingpin, and we know that John Bernthal will be back as Punisher. We also know that Deborah Ann Wall and Elton Henson will, will not, not be, be back. back which exactly. Is, which is, mm-hmm. I think, a bad idea. I think they should, be, should have been brought back. Well, I don't yeah, think they're planning on recasting. Oh, yeah, Mike, what were you thinking? I was just going to say, here's the thing with, like, I'm, because I'm, I 
hadn't read Born Again in a oh, very, hey, Mike, very Mike, long Mike, time. Yeah. Hold, hold that thought one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia, and streaming online at WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner, Shereen Nicole, and Mike Lunsford, whom I inter- interrupted in the very middle of a very important point. Please, Mike. So reading through um, the plot line of Born Again, because again, it's been decades since I've read this, and I'm flipping through it. They did a lot of this stuff already in season three of Daredevil. Yeah. There's a lot of aspects of it. So like calling it Born Again, I think, makes sense because of the transition from Netflix to Disney. But like, I don't know how much of the Born Again story is actually going to show up on the screen. And like, I'm, I don't want to say upset. I'm, I'm disappointed to not see Foggy and Karen come back. I liked both of them. I thought they were great characters. But like, the fact that we're getting Burnthal back is kind of dope. I, I thought he was a great Punisher. I really enjoyed his character. I know that there are people out there who are going to be like, well, that's not the Punisher because you know he needs to not have a single point of vengeance and needs to be against all crime and against all the mafia and uh, you know. Okay, whatever, cool. I really enjoyed it the way it was done. I liked him in general. I thought the way that they portrayed it, and especially, too, there were spots that, as a veteran, I thought he really nailed mm. um, that experience. Mm. And mm. it was, it was. I thought it was well done. I'm, I'm excited to have him back. Um, I'm just excited because this was, Daredevil was, in my opinion, the best thing we've seen on the small screen when it comes to these series. So fingers crossed. Hopefully, we're going to get that same level of quality. But you know, well, I guess we'll I, have to wait and see. I will. I will predict something here, and I'll go out on a limb and say that I think the backbone of the story is going to be the rise of the kingpin as a political figure in New York City, Daredevil being a wanted, hunted, you know, public enemy number one, and we're going to see this war between the two of them taking place through the context of this story. And we will see Wilson Fisk become mayor of New York. We will see a radical transformation of how New York deals with superheroes. And that'll lay the groundwork for some of what we see in the Marvel movies going forward after that. Mm. Well, certainly, anything that happens in Daredevil Born Again is going to lead into some other series. In fact, Echo is going to lead directly into Daredevil Born Again. You know, a natural uh, and apparently seemingly necessary consequence of what Disney Marvel is doing now uh, is this whole shared universe thing. And, you know, they're, they're, I mean, it's, they're trying to print some money. So one uh, leads into the next, has an influence. Yeah, that's that's the problem a lot of people have with Ant-Man Quantumania, um, is that it's, you know, too much world building, too much service of other things, and I'm like, at this point, they really just ought to say Marvel presents, Marvel Studios presents, and call it whatever, and and put the story out there because it's not really about Ant Man or or Falcon and Winter Soldier or She Hulk anymore. It's about the Marvel universe. Mm. Well, I'll say it again. I think that it is an unnecessary movie, despite the cast being wonderful. And I think they should have just, I told Drew this, I think they should have just made a four-episode limited Kang the Conqueror series. It would have served them better. We would have gotten much further along. We would have understood our villain for this next phase. I just... I, I felt just, that I felt that way about Eternals. That Eternals should have had a, a TV series, you know, warming us up to who these characters are and what their story is and everything else. But we, we basically try and, you know, Chloe Zhao tried to give us the entire, you know... 
Infinity Saga in one movie, and it's like, yeah, it just doesn't work. Well, so. I, I think I don't think it was her fault, though. I think that's the task they gave her, and she did the best she could with it. I I agree with that, but at the same time, sort of like considering how badly they dropped the ball, and that nothing in the movie had any consequence. I mean, the the appearance of a giant red alien hovering over the Earth goes unremarked. The rise of a of a marble statue in the Indian Ocean goes unremarked. It's like that's that's not a lot of stuff to drop, you know, completely. Well, <laughs> so. they they were just going in another direction, but you know, this whole. Um, uh, universe service, or what was it? Somebody called it something, and I just can't remember what it was. Uh, but from Iron Man Two, that's where we've been yeah. going. Domino you know? chain, hmm? the domino chain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well you know, I yeah, mean, and how they, they, yeah, and how they, you know, because John Favreau had something else he wanted to do, and they're like, well, you need to put the Black Widow in this. Well, you need to have Nick Fury in this. Well, you need to do, you know, because they'd realized after Iron Man, it's like, wait, we got something here. Yeah, we got something, and you that's know? why I didn't come back. <laughs> After yeah. the second movie, yeah. 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 That's why I said hell yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I yeah. Have to, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to go back to Daredevil Born Again, the series, mm-hmm. and say that I would like to have Wilson Bethel, um, Bethel, wait, Bethel, Wilson Bethel, Bethel, I think it is, Bullseye? back as Bullseye. He mm. was great as Bullseye. Oh, yeah. And the it way was he, fantastic. He right? was. And the way he played off of Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin yeah. and antagonized him. It it was lovely. I would yeah. really like to have him back. Yeah. Was really that is good. something yeah. that series did really, really well. Yeah. Is they built depth around the villains to make you almost sympathetic to them. Like yeah. made them tragic characters where you felt bad for what, what had happened to them and what had created them. And that was I think the best example of it was with Bullseye. You know, one thing that's really interesting to me, because I, I thought that uh, I mean I Daredevil was my favorite of the Netflix Marvel series because it was the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, but uh, it, Mike <laughs> also, uh, you know, gave yeah, some yes. high praise to the Punisher. You know, which also was very good. And even though I didn't, I like didn't that one much, really, yeah. okay. I think the first season was outstanding. The second season was Roadhouse. Well, and even though I didn't really care much for Jessica Jones, I thought it was very well done. Season yeah. one of Jessica Jones. Even with its problems, was really strong. And I just didn't like her. I mean, I didn't like her character. I mean, now uh, Purple Man might have been the best villain. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. was it? Kristen Ritter was great in the role. I mean, it's just, and she was so good. And part of it was because the character she was playing just wasn't likable. But she wasn't supposed to be likable. You know, and yeah, you know. Anyway, but I I reacted to that. Yeah, yeah. But I I reacted to that. But yeah. Anyway, all that to say though that. one of the elements of fan service that I really liked, and most people they they missed they missed it, but it, it, I think it was in season one. But there was an episode of Daredevil where they actually mentioned um, Cornelius Van Lunt, who you know deep fans will know is Taurus from the criminal gang, the Zodiac. Hmm. And I was like, Cornelius Van Lunt! Oh my God! Are we going to see Zodiac? Are we going to see Taurus? Oh my God! And we didn't see that. Well, but the, I mean, the great thing yeah. is that they're, they're able to just dump a ton of Easter eggs in yeah. stuff. Yes. Like, yes. like when he goes mm-hmm. to see Melvin, the inventor, and, and you see like the uh, gladiator suit in pieces behind him <laughs> in the workshop. You know, things like that. I missed that uh, one. <laughs> so, I mean, but it's, it's, it's a great place to, to put a lot of these things. Um, yeah, I just I just get the feeling that you know a lot of these movies wh- when the movies fail, it's because few people feel that it leans too hard into fan service. Well, or doesn't like Eternals? Because I'll tell you what, 
I, the one thing I can say, and I, I wasn't crazy about it, but the one thing I can say for it, it wasn't that standard color-by-numbers Marvel movie. It didn't have enough fans to service. It, it was an audition to make a Justice League movie is what it was. Yeah, yeah. And I I respect Chloe Zhao for it because that she was like, this is my Justice League. This is my, my demo reel. Holler at me, DC. Yeah, she's like, call me. Call me. Hey, you know. I but mean, she we'll made see if James happy gets gay it. black Batman. Who has the nerve <laughs> to make a happy gay black Batman? Chloe Zhao. I'll tell you. The nerve. She made a, a black deaf well, flash. Well, Mid- Midnighter's coming. <laughs> and I, oh gosh. Uh, also, yeah. Like, yeah, she did things like the, the speedster effects in that movie were awesome. It was like, pure flash. They were. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. It was pure flash. Yeah. It's like Macari has never been that. Mike Curry has never been that. No. And, no. Yeah. Well, none of none of the eternal. I mean, in fact, I still think that they mispronounced the guy's name. I thought it was supposed to be Icarus because in his civilian identity, he was Ike Harris. You um, know? And I'm like, no, it's not Icarus, it's Icarus. But I mean, most of them <laughs> are be. named the thing. You know, gig- you know Gilgamesh is Gilgamesh. Well, yeah, but in, the, but in this case, you know, I mean, I thought Kirby was going in a different the, direction. The, 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 crazy, the crazy thing is they're named after characters of mythology, and yet we know that a lot of those mythologies exist, those mythological characters exist, so it's like, so wait a minute, there's a Circe and a Circe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's well, a Mercury and a Macari? Well, but I what, thought that, I, I had thought the suggestion was, yeah, I mean, you know, because basically Kirby was ripping himself off. These were yeah. like the new gods, but for Marvel. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I thought he was, the, the, the coy, or not so coy, because it wasn't, I mean, it was pretty obvious, but the suggestion he was making was, that oh these yeah. yeah Cersei is Cersei yeah they inspired she, yeah exactly yeah they yeah, inspired yeah. those legends but I'm like yeah but the thing is in in the Marvel universe those characters actually exist so that's need, true so, so like we you said yeah. double duty you know, yeah. maybe or so, maybe there's two of them we don't know yet it's 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 crazy because it's like this the sprawl of <laughs> you know intellectual property it just kind of extends in all directions and it's like you know. You don't know what's going on. You don't know if you're dealing with a superhero, a supernatural, a witch, a warlock, <laughs> some time traveler, an alien. You don't know what's going on. A mutant, an automaton. It's like yeah, a like, simulacrum. Is it is it is it Ultron fused with Hank Pym? That's madness. <laughs> madness. <laughs> Who would do that? I just want to know if Thanos is part scroll. That's all I care about. Where's this chin coming from? That's all I want to know. Oh, I mean. In the comics, he's part. He's he's, he's deviant. deviant. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know he's deviant. Well, but, but he's also, um, you know, uh, yeah, Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, unless you, because I, I, I mean, I honestly, I know he was mentor's son, and yeah. uh, you know, Star Fox's or Eros, sorry, his brother. Yeah. You know, but I didn't realize that he was like. But so wait, wait. So what you're saying is, mentor was messing with a deviant, and that's how he had Thanos. Could be. No, well, no, it could Thanos be. What? Could be. be. Yeah. Thanos is just deviant. He's just yeah. born deviant. Yeah. Well, he's, no, born, but, he's born that way. But, but, he, but he couldn't be just deviant because he's mentor's son. You know? But doesn't that sort of thing just happen in comics? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't that sort of thing just happen in comics? What does deviant mean? Well, I, I know what it means on Earth. <laughs> Mutant. But, well, oh, no, that's not, I mean... That's, like, that's, that's, like that's what they decided real, in, in Marvel, yeah. Oh, okay. That, no, I was just talking about, deviants. like, a really, you know, nasty, twisty person, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you deviant! He was born yeah. deviant. 
Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga sing about him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all will be revealed. Shoot, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Ultra, and I hit because I've only seen Avengers: Age of Ultron a couple of times, and okay. I mean, basically, yeah, well, it, well, I literally maybe twice, you know, because I saw it at the. I mean, in fact, I'll, t- I'll tell you what time was that. I used to, when when the thing came out streaming or whatever, well, excuse me, when it was out on DVD, I'd buy the DVD and then I'd watch that after having seen it, you know. But these last couple, like, I haven't watched Doctor Strange in the Mouth of Madness or whatever. I haven't seen it. Whatever. I I haven't watched it yet. I I saw Blade four to five times in theaters. Wow. Yeah, that's how good it was to me. Icons unearthed. Is doing it, and I I taped it today. But they're doing uh, a documentary series on Marvel, and the yep. first episode was Marvel Zero, you know, Phase mm. Zero, and they were talking about Blade and some mm. of those other things. It was on today, Ooh. you know. But if 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 icons on Earth, because the, what they did on the Star Wars movies was fabulous. Okay. If it's anything like this, you know. Anyway, look, but. And I'm sorry, I'm going to have to get the last word because we're out of time for today's episode. I'd like to thank my panelists and you, too, for having tuned in. Fantastic Forum It's also a television show. You can check it out if you visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. show is also available as a podcast. Thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge. I'm Mike Lunsford. And you can download that on every place where you find your favorite podcast. The show re-airs right here on WERA each and every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. Check us out tomorrow. And, of course, we are in first run right here every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. We hope you will make it your business to join us again because if you like this stuff, we got a million of them. We're talking about this stuff every week. And, uh, you know, so hopefully it'll be something you like. If you're curious about something, shoot me an email. You can get me at fan- producer at fantasticforum.tv. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe. Stay frosty.